This is Sam Glynn of Code in Motion, and you're listening to Cyber 321, plain English cyber through three articles, two numbers, and one action. Hello there, it's the 7th of January 2022, the first full week of the new year. And this week, uh, I'll be talking about the four tech trends that we'll be reading about in 2022, how to speak to the board about cyber, and how law firms are getting on with cybersecurity. This week's action is really the principle about keeping it simple. So first up, the first article of the week, the tech trends that will grab the headlines in 2022, according to the New York Times. Um, This article, which was republished in the Irish Times this week, identifies four tech trends that they describe as invading our lives in 2022. At a minimum, I suppose we'll be reading more and more about them. It is a good read, but when I read it initially, it was 7 a.m. waiting for the kettle to boil. So uh, the cynic in me took over. So the first topic, the metaverse. I'm really weary of the term metaverse, and I think there are more angles to it than just the virtual reality and digital lives that are mentioned in the article. Uh, For one, I think blockchain and and also crypto will play a role here, possibly enabling creators to earn a fair share from their creative efforts. But maybe that's Web 3.0 rather than metaverse, but another term I'm growing weary of. The second trend is smart home, or in reality, smart-ish home. Smart home is a really great idea until your Nest thermostat randomly loses its Wi-Fi signal and refuses to turn on the heating in the depths of winter, which is exactly what happened to me last winter. By comparison, when I reverted to a more traditional, simple seven-day timer, it just seemed to work because that's what these devices are designed to do. It has a dial, or in my case, a screen that explains what it's doing, and it has real physical buttons that I can press to control it and to override it. I know a smart-ish device could turn on my heating when I'm away from home, but I do prefer systems that will reliably turn on my heating when I'm at home. I don't really like smart-ish devices. I prefer simple things that work. Number three on the list is connected health. Uh, As a privacy freak, I suppose what's not to love about a system that will upload my health data to the cloud so that medical professionals can ignore it and commercial organizations can possibly exploit it. And finally, number four on the list, electric cars. Yep, they are the future. But we shouldn't throw away perfectly good oil burners until they really are no longer serviceable. After all, a significant amount of resources are consumed and a significant amount of CO2 is emitted to manufacture every new car, even the electric ones. The second article this week is um, about, you know, if you're a victim of a cybercrime, Um, The FTC in the US may also uh, make you the perpetrator or the convict. And this is an article from uh, Sophos' Naked Security blog. And it's about the US Federal Trade Commission firing a shot across the bows of companies in US jurisdictions, telling them to get their patching in order or face the consequences. The FTC has said it intends to use its full legal authority to pursue companies that fail to take reasonable steps to protect consumer data from exposure as a result of vulnerabilities. The FTC is essentially warning companies and vendors that some vulnerabilities and patches are important enough that there's no longer room to lead or follow or get out of the way. There's now only room to lead. So if there were precautions against a data breach that you could reasonably have taken and that people would reasonably have expected you to have taken, but you did not take them, then you could end up being both a victim and a perpetrator at the same time. 
Number three in the articles list this week is uh, if you're trying to get the board's attention, stop using TechSpeak. Uh, this article from HealthNet Security um, sent my way via ISACA uh, really just talks about, you know, if you're in front of executives, if you're trying to get their ear, you typically don't have much time to discuss details. So it's important that you phrase cybersecurity conversations in a way that resonates with these leaders. Your messaging should start with understanding what this C-suite and the board's priorities are. For example, if the CEO wants to increase total revenue by 5% in the next year, explain how they can prevent major unnecessary losses from a cyber attack and thus reduce the risk of missing this 5% revenue growth target. Conversations leading with highly technical terms are unlikely to kindle and keep a C-suite or board member's attention. From my perspective, if you're in front of the board, I recommend you lead with real-world stories and then let the questions of board members drive the conversation. Listen to their concerns, try to answer their questions in plain English, and they may just invite you back because they will trust you. Uh, and one terrible commercial plug, I do provide board member services, board training services. Right, on to the statistics. Two statistics. Uh, the first one is 79%, and that is 79% of the US law firms that employ between two and nine lawyers do not have an incident response plan, according to a survey by the American Bar, American Bar Association that was published in December 2021. As quoted in the article, for solos and small firms, the incident response plan may just be a checklist, plus whom to call for what, but they should have a basic plan. It's still better than nothing. The next statistic is 30%. Uh, from the same article and the same survey, 30% of US law firms reported receiving a cybersecurity questionnaire from at least one client, according to this American Bar Association survey. As quoted in the article, clients are increasingly focusing on the cybersecurity of law firms representing them and using approaches like required third-party security assessments, security requirements, and detailed questionnaires. Another commercial plug, I help firms assess their defenses and to prepare for these questionnaires. And finally, this week's action, and it's a principle to keep things simple. Whether it's smart tech or instant response planning, my recommendation is you start by keeping it simple. If it's instant response planning, start with the basics, a checklist of what you will do in the first few hours of an incident and who you can call. It is a simple but effective start. And my guide, which is available online, uh, may help you. And when it comes to smart-ish tech, what I would suggest you do is recognize that these are great toys and who does not like great technical toys, but don't depend on them. Have a simple plan B or keep the smartish stuff away from the important things. Okay, that's it for another week. My name is Sam Glynn of Code in Motion. I'm a cybersecurity trainer and IT advisor. My clients include regulated financial services firms and the companies that sell to these regulated firms. Until next time, take care.